Hello, welcome to some Derp's Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I'm your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about PvE gearing in the world of Warcraft. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? Well, it's pretty freaking simple. On this podcast, we like to talk about games. And um, in our, like, mild history of, like, going really deep into certain, like, hardcore game design topics and thoughts uh this is sort of another one of those sorts of episodes yeah uh which is mostly that we have been playing a lot of world of warcraft and world of warcraft right now has sort of an interesting i guess i would call it like design problem issue that i think is like a cool thing and a neat thing to talk about i guess yeah uh, so it's a very quick meta point it's, it's funny that we uh um, that, that this is like not as, as much of a staple as I, w- I was like, this, this type of stuff is kind of the reason why I wanted to do the podcast in the first place. Not just, you know, ever never ending Marvel movie review. So it's good. <laughs> it's good to come back to this. But anyway, t- let me know the, the problem statement and we can, we can. Okay. So here this. is the, so here is the fundamental, here's the fundamental like bedrock of this, right? Going from. Battle for Azeroth itemization into Shadowlands itemization, Blizzard stripped away all of the sort of like randomized procs, except for one, but they changed that one a little bit, and I'll talk about that in a second, um, that make it so that like your gear is never quote unquote done, right? So they got rid of Warforging, which is a, a proc that sometimes an item will drop at 10 item levels higher for you so it'll just be a like incrementally more powerful this was uh started in i believe warlords of draenor um they got rid of titan forging which was an expansion of the war forging system added in legion that says items have a chance to proc an upgrade that then has a chance to proc an upgrade and you could fly that tree all the way up to the maximum item level, right? So if you're insanely lucky, you could get a very low level item that would Titan Forge all the way up to sort of max level. Um, Battle for Azeroth had Titan Forging for a while and then in his final patch, they got rid of Titan Forging and replaced it with Corruptions, which said that your gear has the chance to proc these item effects right that will make your gameplay harder right they will they will corrupt you to a certain extent inflict debuffs on you or whatever but they will give you measurable and powerful you know increases in potency and in damage right so you might spawn a beam that does a damage you might spawn a little tendril that does damage you might just passively increase your secondary stats or whatever and in order to corrupt equip corruptions you had to have high corruption resistance which was something that you kind of like grinded out for content shadowlands got rid of all these systems and basically said look when a piece of gear drops right the only thing about it that can be marginally different is it might have a gem slot and if you want you can go farm enough currency to buy a gem slot and put it in that gear so hypothetically speaking right if i'm a very hardcore raider i'm looking to get best in slot right i'm looking to get the very best stuff that i possibly can over the course of the expansion right i can get uh i can get an item i can take it to venari and get a and get a thing put a gem slot in that item and then my am i dropping out i'm seeing my like a little bit yeah you you're uh you're, you you missed a couple words but i assumed it recorded on your okay. end. okay yeah i yeah I, I guess i did record yeah. on my end i feel bad for all the people 
I mean, it's clear. Um, you're, you're easy enough to follow. It's not like you're. It's not like it's totally unclear. Okay, sure. So you know, if I'm a, if I'm a hardcore raider, all I need to do is I get I get my high level piece. It is the highest version of it. There is no better gloves than this gloves or whatever. I take it to Venari's. I I smack a gem slot on it. This is the perfect item. There's no version of this item that is better in the game. People have been asking for this for a while, ever since Titan Forging came out, which we've talked about on this cast before, right? Right. Um, ever since Titan Forging, people people have been talking about how like you know they want gearing to be a reflection of effort and they want it to be a reflection of skill right if you are a good player you get good gear i should not be a raid finder player who gets you know mythic raider gear just because of randomness which is you know fair enough and blizzard essentially listened to that to that point of view and they and they created this version of shadowlands gearing that said they also paired this with a reduction in the amount of gear that players are getting right because one of the phenomenons in legion and in bfa is that once you get to a certain gear level the only way you're going to get upgrades is if you're proccing this random bullshit right. right where you are you know you have that item but you are hoping to get a, that item with a socket you're hoping to get that item but tr but but titan forged you're hoping to get that item but like warforged 10 item levels right um in order to just like make it that much you know, like make it that much better so uh, so Blizzard said, okay, well, if you, if like, if you do want this system, right, then what we're going to do is we're going to reduce the amount of gear that you get overall so that like, sure, you're getting less gear, but each individual piece of gear that you get matters more and it stays on you for kind of like for, for longer. This was, this was welcomed. Basically everybody liked this change in theory, right? And we are now at in practice. In practice, people are pretty frustrated with this because it means that there is a lot of doing content for effectively no rewards. It feels shitty to go through an entire raid and not ever get a loot drop. It feels bad to run Mythic Plus and have one item drop for one person out of that chest. Not quite true, but, you know, that, that same sort of thing. So it's almost become a meme, right? If you're running Mythic Plus... You can you get like um, a little bit of anima at the end. It's thirty five anima, which is like less than most world quests. It's not a lot of anima, and people will say, you know, you'll get to that, you'll get to that final piece of mythic plus, and people say like, oh boy, I'm so excited for my anima because in a mythic plus dungeon, one piece of gear is going to drop out of the chest, two if you timed it, right? Um, and so this is the this is the core frustration that the WoW player base is feeling right now when it comes to pve itemization uh there's also more to this do, do i should i keep explaining or do you want to just yeah well jump in I, I, i've got i've got a couple questions um okay okay uh, yeah, yeah 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 uh so um how much of this do you think is um one half of like you know halves of the player base alternating screaming I mean, it's probably not half, right? It's probably, they're both probably like 3% of the player base, but like, you know, how much of this is like one group of people were angry and those people aren't angry anymore and a different group of people are angry now because they were happier with, with, with uh, Titan and Warforging and all that. I think the real thing, I think the real core anger in this, it boils down, man, I keep seeing my headset disconnecting. Um, the real core anger in this boils down to folks wanting a clearer and better path to itemization, but that is also quick, right? I think the reason that <clears throat> Blizzard re reduced the amount of drops that we're getting overall is two things. One, 
the great vault upgrades are pretty huge the great vault means that um you have much better ability to target high level upgrades for your character than before right um so it adds this layer of consistency that means that folks are going to be having just a much easier time getting the high level pieces that they that you know would be good for them out of the great vault but also too it you know like they want to spread your gearing over the course of a whole season right <clears throat> once people get best in slot once people are finished gearing they're gonna be done with the right. game right and you don't want that if you're world of warcraft designers you want people to be going to raid every week until 8.2 come or 9.1 comes out or whatever the number is right comes out and there's a big eye level you know hike um because they're releasing a new raid, raid tier they're announcing a new mythic plus season a new pvp season that all of that kind of stuff <clears throat> And so, and you know, that's actually pretty fair when you when you think about it. Like, I, I do kind of, like, get that. Um, but it does mean that there are going to be weeks where folks are going to be coming out of a raid with zero drops. Absolutely nothing. And it's also partially, like, even more punishing than that if you think about certain types of raids. So, for instance, you and I raid in a pretty consistent raid group, right, that has a lot of people who are like me. I, I don't get anything out of normal Castle Nathry anymore. Baron is fully geared because of you know like all the mythics or whatever that i do because we're doing heroic nathria in certain places so like i have graduated out essentially of castle nathria but i'm still raiding in castle nathria which means that anytime i get a normal piece of gear i can then trade that to somebody else in the raid so like that gear is always kind of like going somewhere but like let's say that you're a player who only does pugs well it's pretty easy for you to go through an entire raid run and because pugs are less willing to share loot with one another because people don't enter into pugs when they're in positions like i am where they're not going to get right. anything out of those raids you know like it is it's pretty common for you just not to get any kind of gear at all which is really painful like that's that's a that's a big uh that's a big pain point i also do think that you know like when you talk about the two groups in a certain sort of sense um the the other pieces of sort of like the itemization framework are frustrating for that high-end level player because they kind of are are having a grass is greener moment um with like pvp players right like so for instance just this weekend wowhead released uh, a couple just like a very short interview about the mythic uh world first raiding experience with you know like very very high-end raiders and they all talked about how they really wanted a change to pve itemization these are the same people that really wanted to see titan forging go away right yeah. titan forging was so frustrating for mythic raiders because of just you know the nature of its design right um and now they are also asking for more PVE loot to drop for changes in the PVE loot itemization. And I think part of that comes from how PVP itemization works, which is kind of like the second piece of the puzzle, I guess. All right, well, why don't you um, go into that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the way PVP puzzle, uh, itemization works is, very, is it's almost the exact opposite in a way pvp itemization used to also be very like randomized drops and stuff like this um but now it works such that you get currencies you get two currencies you get honor just like baseline honor which you can get for kind of like basic tier gear think of that as like running a dungeon level kind of like gear and then you can get conquest and conquest is like doing raids doing like mythic plus like like higher level sort of sort of content but the thing is is that once you like let's say i deck myself out in full you know 
honor gear or full conquest gear. I can then go take that to a an NPC and I can plug in a certain amount more honor or conquest and upgrade the item level, right? So whereas a raider would need to, you know, like as a raider, I need to go through normal, I need to go through heroic, and I need to go through mythic and get the same drops by defeating those same bosses, right? Shriekwing drops a cloak, I can get that cloak on normal, I get that cloak on heroic, I get that cloak on mythic, right? That's how I upgrade that item. I just do the content again, but at a harder difficulty level, hopefully it drops. For PvP, if I want to go up that kind of item level chain from item level 200 to item level 213 to item level 226, right? All I need to do is invest more of the currency that I'm already getting by running PvP, essentially. And it has become a thing where high-level raiders find it a better, more efficient way to gear their characters by getting good at PvP. In fact, members of the Mythic World First Race who were interviewed were talking about how the most important thing for next content patches, Mythic World Race, is probably going to be being a good PvPer. Because if you walk into the 9.1 race with a good PvP rating and with all of the skills therein and, you know, etc., right, you are going to be able to, like, get that level of gear. Now, <clears throat> Part of this is because the, all of that gear is locked behind wins and PvP and like um, uh, and your rating, right? If you are a bad PvP player, kind of doesn't matter how much conquest you're going to farm. You're not you're not going to be able to like unlock those higher level of gear because you're not going to be getting like the wins that you need essentially. So the gate on PvP is very like difficulty gated, and if you can get up to high like gladiator rival ranks or whatever, you can gear pretty easily. But if you're stuck in the doldrums of, you know, 1200 rating or whatever, you're not going to be able to gear well at all. Um and that's part of the like that's part of the the equation to sort of like balance it out. So PvE raiders are looking at the PvP item system and saying, "I want I want that." Uh, there is one more dimension to this, which is that PvP will also go into your Great Vault. And PvP items are guaranteed to have versatility, which is a secondary stat that increases your damage done by a flat amount and decreases the damage you take by a flat amount. Versatility is the PvP stat. Everyone wants, you know, if you want to do PvP, you want a lot of versatility on your gear. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, the higher, the, the higher Great Vault, obviously, means that, like, you um you don't want to pick a high item level piece out of the great vault that wouldn't have versatility so they just said you know we're just going to guarantee all the item love all the items that come out of the great vault those are going to have versatility on them but that actually creates a conundrum because for certain pve players versatility is the best stat right so havoc demon hunters really want versatility on their gear and so that means if you're a havoc demon hunter pushing high level mythic raid content or high level mythic plus dungeons right pve content the best way for me to get gear actually is to pvp and put items into my great vault so i can pull out the versatility gear because it's guaranteeing that i'm gonna have you know one of my best one of my best secondary stats yeah uh i feel like that's all of it okay do you have what what do you have any questions do you have any thoughts uh so um what so this, this is a this is a older question but like when did they get rid of randomized secondaries? Because I remember we talked about this back in Legion as being like a source of potential frustration because you could get like 15 high, high levels but like the wrong secondary uh, array and it wasn't like and you wouldn't want to replace it. Items now have guaranteed arrays. So right. for instance, um, the in raids, the array for um, the, the, the array for the weapon drop that comes off of Denathrius is like, I think it's crit 
mastery, right? So if you want a crit mastery weapon, Denethrius drops it. He guarantees that. The other weapon in the raid, that drops haste versatility. If you want haste, you get that one. If you well, want crit, you get the other one. Aren't weapons aren't weapons a little bit different though, right? Like cause weapons you get like the like the, the, the token and the token can be traded for whatever the vendor sells. I know uh, yes, that's true. I'm, I'm I guess I'm speaking for like warriors. Warrior yeah. weapons behave this way. Okay, because I, I know like for for monk, the staff and the like fist weapon have slightly different stat profiles, but they use the same material. Um, and the second, the yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So the stat profiles for the two-handed strength weapons that like uh, an arms warrior would want. One of them is haste versatility. The other one is crit mastery. Okay. In fact, this is actually a big deal. Um, for I, I, I might be wrong about those, but I'm pretty sure those are the those are the profiles. This is also a pretty big deal because of the the distribution. So for instance, the best weapons that I can get come out of Mythic Plus. I want to be getting um. A, a sword or an a sword out of the other side mythic dungeon or an axe out of theater of pain because my best stat is crit and those are high crit weapons because like one of your secondaries is almost always going to be bigger than the yeah, other you're right, you're right. sword is high mastery which is not great for me um i want high crit and the high crit drop out of those two dungeons so hypothetically my best weapon is going to come out of the great vault if you know i I proc one of those two weapons in my in my weeks. Sure. So so sorry. The, the question was is when did they get rid of the randomized uh, secondaries? Is that just with with uh, they with... used to have more? I I do actually think that they're technically still in the game. They're just kind of not competitive anymore. So for instance, world quest rewards are have have randomized secondaries. Um, okay. So. If you get the Waylight Defender Shield, you know, just like whatever that World Quest shield looks like, um, that thing will have randomized secondaries. Also, if you get items out of um, the calling chests, uh, like I sometimes will get a 197 drop out of a calling chest, those will have randomized secondaries, which is actually reminiscent. Uh, in Battle for Azeroth, this was, this was pretty common, right? Like, um, your, you could get up to normal raid in, you know, in gear out of uh like emissary chests and those were randomized which was actually pretty useful so like i was farming a lot of haste um haste crit haste mastery uh mostly haste mastery gear at the time and so being able to cycle through those really quickly to try and find the right distribution of those stats was was really nice and really important because uh, you know obviously all of the items that drop out of raids all the items that drop out of mythics will be set okay um uh, does that like so so one more last informational thing the, the like weird affixes that are like you know speed and indestructible are those still randomized and are, are... Uh, yes those are still randomized in there um, but they are typically considered like unimportant because right. they don't really like do throughput uh, the only one of those that's a little bit weird is avoidance in incredibly high level mythics avoidance is important because, like, avoidance can give you the ability to, like, survive very, like, super crazy dangerous stuff. Uh, but, like, for most, you know, real yeah. content, it, it, that that doesn't really that doesn't really matter. Avoidance increases your damage, or, or, sorry, decreases the amount of damage you take by giving you a little bit of, like, dodge and parry, I think. Um, speed just makes you run faster. Indestructible says the thing doesn't take damage. Um, so none of those, like, will, will increase the amount of DPS you deal. Okay. Um, yeah, so... Uh, okay, so I think that's all kind of like the, the, 
the, the factual question is what what do you think what, what do you think of the situation and how do you th- and what are some of the proposed solutions and what do you favor okay uh, some of the proposed solutions the, the most common proposed solution is to bring back valor uh, in the days of wrath of the Lich King and a little bit afterwards I'm pretty sure they got rid of it in mists maybe they got rid of it in warlords um, there used to be two types of currency. Uh, which were called Justice and Valor. Uh, They were actually badges of Justice and badges of Valor in, like, Wrath of the Lich King. And what you could do is you would gain a certain number of those by, like, if you defeated a boss, you got a badge. Um, If you defeated, uh, like, if you did, like, like, a dungeon quest, you would get badges of Valor, right? Like, it was, like, a daily thing that people would run these dailies, and you would run heroic dungeons to get your Valor badges, right? Um, then you take those badges and you go to a vendor and you say, hey, give, give me good loot, right? So, for instance, in patch 3.3 of the Wrath of the Lich King, you needed, it was like 250 Valor in order to, like badges of Valor, in order to purchase a 264 piece of gear, which was normal 25-man Ice Crown Citadel, which would probably be about a heroic piece of gear today, right? Um this was this was um, more or less abandoned over time. It got it got, it changed a bit. Uh, valor would eventually become a way to upgrade pieces of gear, where you would gain a certain amount of valor as a currency. You would plug a piece of gear in, and you would pump its item level by fifteen points, um, just by investing kind of like the valor into it. Uh, they changed the way that it got acquired in a couple of different ways. And then eventually they just got rid of, you know, valor entirely where they said, you know what? Valor does not belong in the game. We're getting rid of, yes, big pump. Uh, we're getting rid of the the currency itself. Folks have asked for this, right? In the same way that they, they see, and this comes from PVP itemization, right? They see the way that PVP itemization works and they say, I want that, right? right? So I should be getting Valor and I should be able to use Valor on vendors in order to do the thing, right? Um, this is also controversial. So like, for instance, one of the big YouTubers just came out or not really came out, but he mentioned how he doesn't like the idea of going to Valor because it would put a cap, right? The Valor the Valor gear always had a cap, and people and as soon as you make a valuable currency and then put a cap on it, people will farm it really hard. The the creator here was Taliesin of Taliesin Inevitable. Um and how he he hates that, right? Because like when you make those kinds of capped gear, when you make those kinds of capped uh, like currencies, it makes it feel like I have to hit the cap every day right. or else I'm not doing it enough, right? Like I'm not getting like the power I want out of it. And the worst thing is that they actually, you know, like if you think about the way that Mythic Plus gearing works, Mythic Plus gearing is really tough to get right because it's infinite. You you always can get a piece of gear out of, it, of Mythic Plus. You can just run a million Mythic Plus, right, as, as much as you want. So it gives, honestly pretty poor gear for the challenge right and it's really only like to fill out like people's like worst slots because if something is infinitely farmable obviously like it can't be like that kind of cutting edge or else people would just like go super hard on mythic plus for two or three weeks and then be completely filled out in their very best um you know in their very best levels of gear um well if you put valor in mythic plus chests well now valor is infinitely farmable 
and people will just like constantly constantly like be kind of like be kind of gunning for it and i think this is the real danger right the danger is if you create you know if you create something that is like kind of too valuable you are sort of getting back into the grind that we promised we weren't going to put people on anymore like the, the the treadmill they got rid of artifact power because they didn't want people to have this grind anymore right um they got rid of that aspect of the game so that the pieces of gear that you get could feel big and impactful right it wasn't about whatever level your you know your heart of azeroth your artifact weapon had um and so and so i think that that's a very dangerous idea to be bringing back these sort of like endlessly farmable currencies um especially endlessly farmable currencies that can get you targeted pieces of gear in the way that the old valor and justice vendors did okay so but so so that, that to me seems approximately equivalent to the PvP system, right? Because conquest functions like that as well. It has a cap on it, right? Uh, yes. Uh, so, so in the general case, then do you think the PvP model is not great for PvE? And if so, do you think like that it's also not great for PvP, or do you just like not think about it enough because you don't really PvP? I think the PvP model works for PvP because it's gated by rating. Um, the reason that the PvP model works really well is because you have to be you are you're gonna fail a lot in pvp you're gonna lose arenas you're gonna lose rated battlegrounds um whereas pve content the core idea is that you're getting a reward no matter what right um if people are frustrated getting 35 anima out of a mythic plus chest i think it would be way more frustrating to say you don't time the dungeon you don't get the chest right that would destroy people they would be furious if that were the case right and it is worse to not get the chest obviously right getting the chest guarantees you two pieces of gear if you if you time it um if you don't time it you get just one um but like if you fail the timer now you at least can keep going to get the one piece of gear maybe right and it also keys into your into your great vault so people you know like people fail timers all the time i've been in plenty of groups where we fail the timer but we keep going because we're looking for you know we just want the completion we're not really like looking for anything else but then if you say people actually if you don't complete it you're you're shit out of luck right in the same sort of way that like if you don't complete if you don't win a pvp match that's not going to give you, you know, like that's well, not you still, you you still you get want. a trivial amount of conquest. Like you still get a small amount, right? Do you, do you like do you think that that would, like, do you think that 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 would solve it, right? Like if if you need let's let's, let's say like, let's just like just use the conquest numbers, right? It's like six twenty five mm -hmm. for a base thing, I think, right? Like if you got like fifteen out of like an untimed chest, and then like it's and then it scales up as you do by by mythic plus rank. Do you think that would be? viable or do you think that's still i do think that would be viable so the thing that you're describing underneath it which is that is there a rate of currency by which it would be good to dole out right sure yeah where it would be under the amount that people want to just like no life and hard farm the game for it right but be enough of an amount that it is valuable right for people to be sit to say you know what i don't care about my chest the thing I want to do Mythic Plus for is that chest at the end, which is going to give me a certain amount of currency that I need, right? I do think that number exists. And I do think WoW has demonstrated that that number exists. Um, and the demonstration is Echoes of Nihilotha, which were in the 8.3, uh, which were in the 8.3 patch. So, 
something that happened in 8.3, I talked about corruption earlier in the cast, right? They added a vendor where you could buy corruptions off of a vendor, right? And to buy those corruptions, you had a currency called Echoes of Nihilotha. Now, you could generate a large amount of Echoes of Nihilotha by doing, like, weekly locked content. If you did the two assaults, um, the two minor assaults, and then the one major assault, that gave you this big, big, fat chunk of Echoes of Nihilotha, right? But if you wanted an infinite drip of it, of Echoes of Nihilotha, you could do Mythic Plus. And this was very motivating for people. I had a lot of groups with people who were just there because they wanted 125 Echoes of Nihilotha, which was a pitiful amount. It was not a lot, right? And it wasn't so much that people were like endlessly hard grinding it. And there was this feeling of like, ugh, I need to, I just need to spend all day on WoW grinding Mythic Plus to get Echoes of Nihilotha, right? This this reminds me of the 7.1 version of Artifact, um, of the Artifact weapons, which had this incredible huge grind, but each each time you upped the, um, the, the uh, your Artifact item level, you got 1% more damage, and that turned out to be huge. And so people were just endlessly running the Maw of Souls dungeon over and over and over again because, like, that was so that was such a good, efficient way to get as much artifact power as possible. The Echoes of Nihilotha were at a level that was below that, right, where people weren't running it for those reasons. But if you got to the end of a Mythic Plus dungeon, you didn't get you know you didn't get any loot or whatever. You were just happy to be there because boy, 125 Echoes was great. Right? And it was really nice to be kind of like slowly earning that gear over time. So I do think that, that that level of currency acquisition is possible. But the thing that I'm not sure I think is possible is creating a vendor for gear specifically for that purpose. Does that make sense? Like, you mean technically, or do you just don't like, like, do you think there's like they don't have the tech to do it? Or, oh no, they definitely have the tech to do it if they wanted to. Uh, it's just that, um, I think gear itself might be too powerful a reward. Something that worked about the corruptions is that corruptions were affixes that you put on okay. to otherwise, yeah. like the gear that you would otherwise attain. You know, Echoes of Nihilotha, I did not go buy a piece of mythic gear, mythic raiding gear, right? If I had a piece of mythic raiding gear, I could apply a good corruption to it, which was which was a good bonus, obviously, and made that piece of gear better. But it's not like I was, I was like jumping forward to acquire like the better gear level. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, uh, Don in the chat is saying that you could technically do it in BFA. Okay, I know what you're referring to, and I'm getting to this. Listen, I'm structuring this out. Yes, okay, so in the chat, Don says you could technically do this in BFA. It's just limited to chest, shoulders, and helm. This is referring to another set of currency called Titan Residuum, which was uh, the Mythic Plus version of Azerite pieces. Uh, the, thing, the, the concern here was if I'm a Mythic Plus player... And I'm and I'm like getting stuff out of my chest. The way that a high-end Mythic Plus player gears is out of the chest, right? And when I'm getting Azerite gear, I am looking for very specific Azerite traits. So telling a Mythic Plus player that they are going to complete however many Mythic Plus that they want, right? But that the thing out of their chest each week, first of all, that it could be one of these you know hugely important slots, shoulder, chest, or helm. And second of all, that it could be the wrong one of those, and I wasted a whole week, because you only get the one item or right. whatever, right? This was a huge problem. To fix this, Blizzard implemented Titan Residuum, which said, every time that you essentially disenchant, you destroy a piece of Azerite gear, you got a little bit of this currency, right? Um, and you could then take that currency to a vendor, and that vendor would either give you, for a low amount of the currency, it would either give you a... Um, 
like a normal or heroic raid level uh, or even a mythic raid level sort of like randomized piece of it where you could just roll on the item. You, you pick the item up, you, you click the thing, and it gives you one of the, you know, whatever, 12 options. Um, and you have to hope for the best. Or for an extremely high amount of currency, you could get the technically correct answer, right? Okay. Uh, the number was like 20,000, right? And the primary way that you got Titan Residuum was you ran high-level keys. So out of your high-level key chest at the end of a week on Mythic Plus, you would get, you know, whatever item you would get. And then you would get this huge fat chunk of Titan, of, of Titan Residuum, right? Uh, this is another, I think, this is another, I think, currency solution that could work. However, I think a cert, I think pieces of it kind of have to like work a little bit different. One, um, rolling for the different chest pieces is pretty integral to that. Uh, I went through, I did a Titan Residuum a lot. All of my end level, you know, like my end game gear all came out of Titan Residuum. But the thing was, is that I had to churn Titan Residuum quite a bit to get really good pieces. Because, like, if you can just buy the best pieces with the best stats, that's pretty pop problematic. Um, and then also, you know, if you are pulling down through Titan Residuum, um, you, you have to have, like, a, a good intake for the currency. And the intake for the currency was actually not to run Mythic Plus, because those gear the, those pieces of gear would not drop out of mythic plus chests the only way to get it was off of your chest and by doing other kinds of content that rewarded those types of gear uh which is a little bit different like context wise to the acquisition rate that i'm describing when it comes to echoes of nihilotha okay okay all right so you know this is me naively thinking out loud right why not just like make it anima, right? We already there's already a mechanism for upgrading like your 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 order hall or whatever it's called your covenant set to 197. Why not just expand that and like put an exponential on the number of, of the amount of anima you need to do that? Oh, interesting. So your you could continue to upgrade your covenant set. I mean that or like something flavored like that, right? Like you know, like maybe you could slot okay, something else. I, in there. I think I would be okay with this. Uh, in in fact, in my preferred version of it. I think here's here's what I would what I would love. When you get a piece of PVE gear, you can upgrade that piece of PVE gear a certain amount of times, right? In in my head this would be like once for raid gear and like a couple of times for mythic plus gear because mythic plus gear is inherently more staccato, like more more graduated than raid gear is. Raid gear is 13 item levels apart, right? Normal is 200, then it's 213, then it's 226. So I think it would be cool, and you could even call it Valor, whatever the, whatever the currency is, right? Like, you get a certain amount of that currency, and then I plug in my normal raid hands, and it upgrades to 213 heroic raid, raid hands, right? But I don't think that I want it to be able to upgrade infinitely, because I do think that people should want drops, right? right. And that, like, drops are an important part of the game. And so if you can only upgrade it once, then that, like, technically means that if I were to go into, if I were then to go into Heroic, and I would get those gloves, those gloves would be better, because I could upgrade them up to Mythic level, um, rather than otherwise. And then for, like, you know, in Mythic Plus, it would be a little bit more like, you could maybe do two or three versions of this, because it's typically three each. It's like, you know, you could jump it um, from a Mythic 2 level item to a Mythic 5 level item to a Mythic whatever level item, and then that's your 13 item levels, like, whatever, over, over the thing. But I definitely think that it's important to, like, encourage people to be gearing by loot drops 
chiefly rather than by currency drops. Like if you want to use currency to supplement, that's fine. And that makes sense. And that actually does sort of in a way match uh, the way that, you know, gearing happened in Wrath of the Lich King. Um, but I don't think that it can be like a main source of gearing and upgrades or that will be really bad. And that will be like super unfun. Yeah, no, I was gonna say like you could, you could even do like some wonky stuff, right? Like instead of like upgrading 13 levels of the heroic version, you could do like a fortified and or something you know some some adjective like that and just like make it 10 levels so that even like the drop's still technically better but not but you know but not by enough that if you're just using it to kind of like round out things yeah um there's another version also which is the warlords of draenor version which i actually kind of like to be honest which is that um in warlords of draenor you could get crafted gear and but you can only have a certain amount of it you might have that sort of thing right where if you fortify maybe you only have two slots for fortified items right you and if you want you can fortify your hands you can fortify your belt right but then you can't fortify your legs you're just gonna have to sit on those until you get a better piece of gear right or you're gonna have to whatever i also like this because i think it dampens the the currency like one of the nice things about corruption was that you had a lot of soft caps in a way um corruption it was it took uh, a certain number of weeks to go all the way up to rank 15 on your cloak, which got you to 75, and then you were increasing that by three a week until basically the end of the expansion, right? So you were sort of like gradually over time increasing the amount of corruption that you could put on your gear. And in practice, what this meant is for somebody like me, I was banking a lot of Echoes of Nihilotha and then spending them when I had the opportunity rather than like really gunning for it so it was like it was an it was an important piece of currency that was dropping for me and that i was have and that you know was was coming into that was part of my like loot intake if that makes sense but the real times i was interfacing with it was when it was like okay well now i have upgraded it's been three weeks i've op upgraded my cloak by nine i can now support another you know another corruption so i'm gonna go to the corruption vendor and i'm gonna spend you know, part of my Echoes of Nihilotha bank. And I think if you were to just limit the number of items that you could quote-unquote fortify, that would actually be a pretty elegant solution. Though people really hate those limitations. I loved the Warlords crafting system, but people really fucking hated it. Yeah, <laughs> so... Yeah. I, I will say uh, that yeah. I that I, I wish there... Like, just kind of in general, I think that crafting is never been done great. And like, wow, like... Like, Draenor might have been the best it's ever been, which is kind of sad. Um... Considering, like you know, it's been part of the game for a while. Like I, I'm, I'm always down on, on okay. well crafting. What, what is this? What is this? T like, what, do, what do you want from crafting? Would you like somebody to be able to drum, drop, drop, uh, drop, drop a million gold for very high level item and just instantly raid gear and alt or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I just want like, I just want crafting to feel a little bit more meaningful. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't have a great idea of like how exactly you do that to like. Um, make it like worth like maybe like you add some sort of randomness to it right like um or you add some aspect to it that like makes it less um how do i don't want to put like you like maybe you put some limitation like you can only be like one slot or something right but like i i mean i'm part of this too is that like you know while crafting is basically nothing in the first place right like as much as you know you know as much as i there's I, no skill to pressing the button yeah yeah me. right right like you know um, you know, I talk about this occasionally, but Final Fantasy XIV's crafting is fun, right? Like, um, and engaging in kind of its on its own terms. Wow, this is not 
Um, and I, I wish it was like it, the thing. This is the thing that this is very tangential, very much about kind of like wow based stuff. But like you know, I like go do an engineering world quest, and it's like make this thing. I'm like this is a cool thing, and it's only you know you know like the, this concept is around exactly for the world quest, and it's like here's a bug zapper. You get to make one of them ever, and then it immediately disappears, and that's the end of it, right? It's like you didn't even. Yeah, bother. I definitely, I definitely get that. I have, I've long actually th- I've like agreed with you. I kind of wish that I had. Um... I almost sort of wish that I had, like, crafting abilities and I did a rotation in a way. But it's like, I'm a blacksmith. I walk up to the anvil and I'm, and I'm using my hammer button and sometimes, you know, putting whatever flux on it. You know, like, whatever. But just, like, that there is a little bit, that there is a little bit more to it. Um, I definitely do enjoy, I definitely do enjoy crafting. Um, and I've had better expansions and worse expansions. Like, I did not like Legion... Uh, I didn't like, well, actually I did, I did like BFA. The thing about BFA was that it was personal. Like I could personally craft very good items for myself. And that, and that was really fun, right? Like I could make my own mythic legs and my mythic belt with the correct items, like the, the, the correct secondaries that I wanted, which felt good. Uh, but I, you know, like the process of that is, has nothing to do with the act of crafting itself. It just had to do with what I could craft given the recipes that like the designers let me have. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, 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 you know, that's like, I think that would go a long way too, but you know, it just, you know, I'm just, that was just kind of a spitball thing, right? Like it'd be nice to have something that made that, that uh, meaningful. I mean, part of this too is like, you know, Bill Among is perpetually an engineer, which, you know, never has anything like always has like things that are like, like sideways useful never has anything that's like mainline useful. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm really enjoying, I'm really enjoying crafting in a, man, I'm sorry about these sirens. I'm really enjoying crafting in an economic sense on Baron right now for blacksmithing because of like the legendary components. Um, that has, I don't know why it just became like a very fun thing to sort of, uh, to sort of like do and engage with. Um, and engineering basically sits that entire process out. Everybody else touches it, right? I need an enchanter for the right kind of metal. You know, like, I got to take these alethium bars, put an enchanter to enchant the alethium bars, right? I have to get these missives from uh, scribes in order to, you know, like, in order to do stuff or whatever. Um, I guess I don't have to do anything with alchemists, but whoa, jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, everybody. Orion just streaked across the screen because he was afraid of the cops i guess anyway (laughs) and so (laughs) and so the um the crafting system is sort of just on the outside like engineers are just completely unrelated to to crafting at best they get a helm every expansion yeah they get new goggles and it's it's a helm that like you know caps out like this expansion we get like a battle res but you know it's not better oh i'm sorry okay First of all, back up. That battle res is insanely good and very important. First of all, well, it's imp- secondly, it, de- it depends. It, it depends, though, right? Like you know, like I have used battle res like once in a raid, um, and you know, and at that point, it also can be disruptive, right? Like I, I used it in a raid in LFR because you know, no one knows what they're doing in LFR, and like you know, you can potentially save save uh, an attempt in LFR with, with a battle with with you know an engineer battle res, but like you know, mm-hmm. if I were to like randomly in the middle of one of our raids use the battle res right like and it's like not what like you know the raid you know it's not what Sarian wants right like i'm actively causing harm to the raid but i can see yeah, it. not to mention that it's probably way less efficient for you to do the battle res than for the druid or the warlock right. 
you know, they have a, its infinite range. They just cast it wherever they are, oh, basically. Yeah. <laughs> where you have to, like, walk up and, you know, do... And also, can it fail? Can your battle... Is your battle is guaranteed, or does it fail? Uh, I think it... I think it might... It, pro it probably can fail. That's, like, how, how they always work. I, I used it. Yeah, I remember it was a huge deal in Battle for Azeroth, though, because... So, over time, we sort of realized that the best defensive cooldown is a battle res, right? Like, the best offensive cooldown is Bloodlust. The best defensive cooldown is battle res. This all got very, like, codified in Battle for Azeroth. And, um, and it became incredibly important to have battle reses in Mythic Plus Dungeons because being able to just pick somebody right back up and save the timer is, like, a real, is like a real thing. And if you're not bringing a, a fucking druid or a warlock along, um, having an engineer to fill that slot was, like, a big deal. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense for Mythic Plus. I think I think it used Battle Res once in raid on. I think I, I think it used it once last week when we were trying to do heroic um anima like the the animal woman that we that we kept failing on. Um, oh yeah, 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 Lady Darkvane. Yeah, because somebody had died like outside, like trying to like put the, the triangle around the the, the spots. Oh, God, I was like, maybe I can pick them up before like we, we wipe and then we wipe. So you know, that <laughs> mechanic is so brutal. But yeah, I, I definitely get that. Yeah, I, I think honestly, like WoW's crafting is is for the economy, right? Yeah, yeah. If you are interfacing with the economy, I bet I bet people would honestly be really mad if like you you'd get a bunch of people who are like, I come to WoW crafting so that I could just like buy shit off the auction house and hit create you know like yeah. i don't want to do a fucking rotation because like that's how it works i mean I, I don't know even though i worked on final fantasy for forever but like i know that you can like get high quality gear and like you get special things as a crafter by like going through and doing like the rotation and all that stuff yeah so. and, and it's, it's a rotation but it's not like a it's not like it's not like it's timed or anything right like you can plan it all out and i'm sure somebody has a calculator somewhere that you can like plug things into and yeah there's also a lot of bots that uh that do that but you know we yeah. don't talk about that i guess no i mean and yeah and that's probably like not like you know there's there's definitely flaws with that system too but at least it feels engaging to do right like i always had fun doing yeah. it um yeah i think the most engaging part of the the crafting system in wow is almost always gathering the materials you know uh it is never it is never like it's never actually crafting the thing. Yeah. That's like the the that's like the the pot of gold at yeah. the end of the at the end of the rainbow. The the interesting part is you know figuring out how to get all the mats and like put it together and everything. Yeah. Definitely agree that it's one hundred percent economy driven, Don. Um, but uh, what's um so we we've gotten a little bit off off topic. Do you sure. So do you, so overall, do you think that PVE gearing is in a bad spot now? Do you think it needs to be changed? Yes, I. The thing I think it needs to be changed is the low level, uh, like the the benefit of doing the thing, right? Uh, I think we've just kind of gotten pretty used to the amount of gear. I actually think so. I think the amount of gear that drops is fine, and I wouldn't want to tinker with that. Um, this is maybe a controversial opinion. People are really mad about the amount of gear that drops uh and i just sort of disagree with them about it just because i think it should take a while to to kind of like get fully geared and i want to ride through like the whole season with like real tangible goals to attain um and then this is a pretty good you know like this is a pretty good approximation of where i would like the game to be just uh, on the perspective of like i think it's good that i can get a piece of gear early right like this week I got 
a set of shoulders out of my chest that were 220 shoulders. This is that's incredibly high item level, right? And I'm probably not going to replace those shoulders before the next the next raid. And that feels good to have an item that I'm like, this is rock solid. I know this item is going to like stick in my inventory. Um, and I want to, and I do want to like keep and preserve that uh, like that feeling. But I wouldn't an item want you can tell to, a story about. This is this, yeah, this, you know, like, this honestly, is like a Destiny like, thing. Like they talked about, like yeah. you know, wanting to make items that you told stories about how you got them. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that is very that is like very true, right? Like I worked hard to get those those uh, those shoulders, and I took them over another item. You know, like I I agonized about what was the correct decision: should I take this lower item level trinket, which maybe is replaceable, but it's a very good trinket, or do I take the higher level shoulders, which you know they're not the right stats, but I'm just sitting on bad shoulders, and I would like to replace them, right? Like and like making those kinds of decisions about your gear is like it's like interesting and compelling. But I think that there needs to be some sort of like secondary reward right that is not a loot drop that like i can if not look forward to feel satisfied by right mm. in battle for azeroth this was echoes of nyalotha right you know what i'm just gonna run a couple of mythics because i just need another it's not much it's like 400 you know echoes of nyalotha and then i can buy my next upgrading you know like corruption piece perfect that's all that's like that's all you need and it, it doesn't have to be something that is um you know it's kind of like how the stygia in the maw is like mostly comes from those weekly quests that you get right. the lion's share of stygia you're going to get every week is going to come from those those weekly quests right if you were to sit and you were to grind your maw to you know like your maw eye to full every single day you could maybe match that number by just like killing rares and all that kind of stuff but like i think that you know like having having a good straightforward way where somebody can make a small investment inside of their week in order to get that power would be would be enough the same sort of thing is true for like anima and renown right like technically the power comes from renown but all you got to do is get a thousand anima and you and you you run out up right. right you get a thousand anima you get a couple of souls from the mob boom now you have a new you know soul bind row yeah yeah no i i i think i think i uh generally uh, agree with that i wonder if like the right answer is is like with echoes and Nihilotha, the answer is is like you don't spend this like it's something to work towards but it's not something that it's not like a piece of gear it's like an affix that you can apply second you know in some way something like that um like I feel, I feel like almost like the legendary system kind of like paused in that direction, but doesn't really quite like scratch that itch because it's you know soul ash is so limited in how you get it. Um, yeah, I mean, I like that. Uh, I like that a lot, and I like that I can kind of guarantee. You know, like I'm always looking for crit on my on my items, but it's not like crit is so much better than everything else. Like those shoulders I took didn't have any crit on them i just took them because they had you know they were just like the highest item level or whatever and so i think that 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 you know that's a pretty good piece of the puzzle um but i think i would enjoy an ability to sort of like more target those secondaries um sort of in the way that pvp players in the great vault can get uh versatility gear like i sort of wish you know maybe maybe a one use for this currency is i can apply that currency to my great vault or something and it will guarantee me pieces with the with the stat that I want. So if I wanted to, I could kind of buy the stat. I, I'll guarantee that everything in my Mythic Plus, you know, chests sure. has haste on it if I really want haste, has crit on it if I really want crit. Something kind of along those lines. I think that would I, that would be you know kind of like interesting and kind of be neat. Um, but in general, I think the the I was originally going to say that 
doing upgrades with with like caps would be the would be like the right way to go so like i could upgrade a piece of normal gear to heroic gear but not to mythic gear but i actually think i kind of like the the thing that we we talked about the fortified version of it right where it's like i could have two or three pieces that i can invest the currency into um but i can't go any further than that right which you know people hate those caps but i i like those caps as a way to sort of um you know mix and match the puzzle of my gearing into right. something interesting right right it also means that i can really target right like if i drop if something drops for me but it's like lower item level but it's great stat distribution i might go oh this one i'm gonna fortify the shit out of this because like i know that i want to carry that forward even if a higher item level would be like a more efficient way for me to you know like invest that invest that stuff yeah no i i, I think i i think i buy that yeah, I, I think about that. How do you how do you feel about like the gearing system right now in WoW? I'm, I'm especially interested because like I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of intra WoW context in the sense that I've played a lot of World of Warcraft, so I've seen lots of iterations of the gear of the itemization. But like when it comes to other games, when it comes to other sort of systems and MMOs, uh, what what would you like to see kind of like emulated from them into World of Warcraft? So so this is going to be a weird answer, but I'm. I'm like coming around to being pretty happy with where it is right now, but that is because it is so limited in that like usually what happens with me is I will play wow hard and then burn out and then like not play, right? Like I'm kind of at the point right now where I can be happy just raiding and like maybe doing a couple quests a week, right? Like I haven't played for the past four days, but it's not like yep. usual where like normally if I stop paying for three days, that means I'm done for the entire expansion, right? Like um, I'm probably going to go to like unless something – crazy happens i'm gonna go to raid tomorrow right i'll check my great vault I'll, I'll do all that and i'll play lightly um and because there's not that much of that drive i don't feel as bad because like i can do things like go play different games and not feel like I'm, yeah. I'm i'm falling behind on it but this is obviously very much a, like you know greedy maybe is the way to put it but like like interested like i am happy because of the way it makes the game worse in some way and that it doesn't feel as as compelling to me um um, kind of on the other side of that, the thing that I'm always kind of looking for in general is something that, like, makes me feel the way that, like, a really good loot game does, right? Like, you know, like, um, and those I always, like, kind of fall off at. Like, we've talked about this with, like, Diablo, right? Like, there's, like, a, a like a inflection point where, like, after the inflection, I, I, I kind of drop off because I don't care enough to keep pushing those. Um, and so something like that would be fun i think although I, again i don't know how much it, it would keep my attention it's also much harder to balance those types of things right like wow is more primary wow is much more concerned with balance than something like a, an arpg looter like like a diablo is because if diablo has unbalanced builds it's not the end of the world so if wow does yeah it's a big problem um because kind of like the time Even if WoW has slightly unbalanced builds which I think are like more ease of access than anything else, right? Like you know, it it really it really throws things out of whack. No, I definitely agree with you. I actually think that, in a certain sense, I'm on board with with what you're describing, and this typically describes the pattern that I play the game in, where I will slowly over time kind of like fall off. Like I'll play really hard for a while, and then fall back into other stuff, and then I'll mostly be raid logging, or I'll do kind of like one or two things a week. But right now, I'm so motivated by the 15 Mythic chest because I want the mount, right? When they introduced that, that was that was what really got me. It's like, here's a mount. You can only get it for very, doing, like, incredibly high-level Mythic Plus dungeons, and it's time-gated, right? Like, that's, that's like, 
that's a really hardcore yeah, motivating yeah. factor. It t- such to the point that you know, like in our kind of community, I have become the point person at, for Mythic Plus for like a lot of people, right? Like who are who are looking to get dungeons done, get good things in their chest, right? Like for for me, in a certain sense, gear is a means to an end, which is the of mount. that mount, right? right. Um, rather than you know creating kind of like a powerful build in and of itself though i will also say something that i absolutely love about this game is going back to things that were very hard when i'm super geared and just trashing them you know what i mean like it feels good i've been going into the mall alone the past couple of days just because like it's like two o'clock in the morning i'm like not quite ready for bed and i'm just like watching something on my other screen i'll just be like oh you know what like i'm gonna go walk into the mall and i'm gonna go like beat up a bunch of rares that when we first started the expansion right like we were going in these huge groups for because like the rares are tough but now i'm just like yeah i'll solo that bitch like yeah get fucked (laughs) right like that's like a really sad satisfying feeling for me yeah no I, I totally buy that I, I, I totally get that um yeah um so so have you been playing other games what other games have you been playing so not a ton but I have I have I've been playing a little bit of uh black uh, or cold war just because like that that's like my other kind of dirty game that's like my sure. like progression junkie game it's like I can get more scopes on my rifles if I just play <laughs> play a couple you know it's like you know um but uh, I started playing. I restarted playing Death Stranding again because I never finished it, and I, I got I got a thirty ninety at some point. Uh, the water looks really pretty and wow, but you know it's not otherwise a great game for for showing off its power. Um, sure. Uh, so you know, uh, Death Stranding, which is like I'm I, I'm just playing through the intro again. It's such a weird fucking game, right? <laughs> the, the the the. the uh, the, the main character's name is Sam Porter Bridges and like a, like it's like it's like like somebody mentioned something and like with a straight face Norman Reedus's character who is Sam Bridges says Die Hardman as like you know like this is a normal name that people have that you would expect someone to have it's like no like this no like but um you know also like I think that like like I, I as I'm going through the intro again um uh like one of the early plot points is there's a there's a a, a bridge baby is a bb which is like a baby in like a canister that's on your chest that lets you see like the demons that you have to sure. fight you know it's 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 weird but like mm. one of the plot points early on is like the one that norman reedus has is defective and so they're going he, like he brings so i'm gonna this is this is i'm gonna have to continuously explain this to you but so the president of the United States, who is Sam's mom, has died, and he has to bring her to an incinerator to burn her body to keep it from causing a nuclear-level explosion. Um, and this is all this is all like the first thirty minutes of the game, right? And and so like he brings his mom to the incinerator, right, and like bur- burns it, prevents the disaster from happening. Um, and he gets a phone call. He's like. He, he says, oh, burn the other thing we sent with you, too. And he wraps it. It's the bridge baby, the defective bridge baby, right? Okay. And he's like, and he's like, we have to get, you know, we're just going to burn it. It's like, it's defective. It can't survive. It can't survive outside the tank. And uh, it's like, you know, not going to do anything on its own. Like, it, the way it was worded, I like, like, this is my second time going through it. Right? I'm going to listen to it. It's like, is, it, is this like a weird anti-abortion argument? Like, <laughs> 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 And it's like, you know, it's like, 
wait, I need to use it to fight off the demons anyway. And he plugs it into himself. Like, and there's, like, more detail there. And that's actually the point which I stopped playing in. So it's like, I, I haven't looked at it too closely. But, like, that's, like, definitely a thing I'm going to... Video games chose a very interesting, like, core auteur. In, in Hideo Kojima? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So So something that I was impressed with, though, right, was, like, the cinematography of the opening credit sequence. Right, like, and, and a lot of the opening sequence, right? Like, it's it's well architected in a way that you would see in a movie. Um, and it's so weird that I was like, I wonder what like a uh, um, uh, like uh, David Lynch would do with something like 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 a video game, like if he applied himself to the medium, what he would do with something like that. Um, and I think we're getting to the point where you can kind of get those experiences in a way that. Um, that uh, that that makes sense. Um, so like, I'm, I'm I'd be interested to see like to see that kind of thing. <sighs> wow. Well, Death Stranding, I guess, is uh, you know, it's still not it's still not something I've played or touched or thought about playing ever, but I'm weirdly more interested in it now that you've explained or failed to explain this like intro mission. <laughs> Yeah, so oh. yeah, so I, I like I I would recommend it. Like it is like like I've, I've recommended games to you on kind of artistic merit in the past. I think Death Stranding's kind of worth yep. it from from that perspective. Like you know, as like kind of like a a, a moment in gaming. Um, also, go play Oberdin because I don't think you ever played that. Oh and, my god, I never did, and you kept telling me, and I just never yeah. just never did. I don't even think I ever like bought it. I'm terrible at this. Um, but speaking of other games, I have finally played another game besides World of Warcraft. Oh, what so is I can that? Talk about something else, which is Stardew Valley, <laughs> <laughs> which came. There was a there was a new update. The one point five like update came out, and I ended up talking with a couple of my friends, Sarah and Raylana from the raid, friends friends of the cast. Um, and also Rachel really likes Stardew Valley, and we were just like talking about it, and like we very lightly and jokingly were like. Wouldn't it be funny if we ditched Raid and we all did a four-player, like, Stardew Valley game, right? And then, like, as soon as we said it, it was like, that actually sounds, like, really fun, though. So, basically, every night for the past couple of nights, we've just... It's like crack. You know, we've just been like, oh, it's like, let's play... Let's play Stardew again, right? Um, and uh, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, we've just been we've just been playing a lot of Stardew Valley, and Stardew Valley is really fun to play in a group. I have found uh, like so for instance, I am a fisher. I like fishing. I'm really good at the fishing mini game. I don't know why. I just I'm ex extremely good at that game. And all I was doing every morning was I was just walk into the docks or walk into the the lake. And I was just fishing all day. And I would dump all those fish in, like, the cell bucket, right? Um, and it created this neat kind of, like, I guess, like, economy for our collective farm of the four of us. Because I meant, like, like so Sarian and Rachel, who are, like, focused on farming and, like, um, kind of setting up the seeds, watering the seeds, planting everything, you know what I mean? Like, they could use the money that I was making off fishing in order to do that stuff. Right. Um, and and we were we could kind of like jumpstart the farm to a to a like higher, better level um, than if we had been playing solo or even duo or whatever uh, because of that, which is great, which is a lot of which is like a lot of fun, I guess. Um, there's also just like a little bit to the mechanics of like 
Man, I don't know that... Like, Stardew hits this for me. Skyrim hits this for me. This is the thing that I think makes Skyrim, like, a great game, right? Like, one of the best games of all time. You know, sometimes, like, like Fallout New Vegas will do this for me. Um, some of the Mass Effect games will do this for me. Weirdly, Mass Effect Andromeda, which everybody hates. But, like, it's this immersive feeling of just, like, really kind of, like, submerging into a world. And it's not such... It's not, like, a narrative thing where, like, you are... You are um, kind of like getting it really into the narrative but it just feels like you are temporary temporarily living an alternate life right and you get into the patterns of that life and you are like working in that life that it's just like what a great feeling and what a unique feeling to games minecraft is also like a good a good example of it maybe it has to do with like the day night cycle or something i just have no idea um but there's just like a vibing piece of Stardew that makes it that just like makes it such a fun like such a fun game to uh, to return to even though that like you know if there is a game that I have been no lifing and that has like become part of my life is like wow or whatever I don't get that feeling out of wow right it's like like it in a way that it, it is more games as sport than games as immersive experience at this point right um, and and it's all about like attaining the best like gear and kind of like an outside of the like obviously you know like I, I love the art I love the aesthetics I'm, I'm super interested in the story all this other stuff or whatever but like at the end of the day the thing that gives like, that is making me play wow is I want I want gear I want loot I want to I want to achieve things right I want to be you know like I want to compete at a high level I want to be challenged at a high level all that all that kind of stuff um, and I guess it's sort of nice when I've been doing that for three months straight to then go into a game that's like, boy, the hardest challenge you're gonna get is like catching an octopus in the early morning on summer because octopus only show up in summer and they only show up in the early morning and they're tough to catch. That's it. That's the difficulty of this game, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. Man, I love that game though. See, this is kind of funny because I have heard it like- You are muted for me. Oh, am, am I? Huh, interesting. Um. Oh, you know what? I wonder if I'm muted for myself. I can, I can hear you. Um, uh, hold on one second. Uh, test, 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 test. Uh, what about the stream? Can, can the stream hear? Um, it's, it says that, can you hear me now? Oh, I just heard you now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was, so there was, I had a brief recording error and I fixed it and I've been detecting on OBS. Um, okay. But this is behind the scenes. Anyway, it's funny that you bring that up because um, I have heard it kind of said that Death Stranding, in a way, is kind of like like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley for dudes. And I don't mean for, like, guys. I mean for, like, for dudes, right? Like, because you're just <laughs> sitting back. For, like, dude bros. Like, maybe not even dude bros, but, like, you know, like, it's like you're, you're vibing, right? Like, the one person is, like, you, like, it's like you're basically delivering packages, right? So it's, yeah, you're trucking. Right, like you know, you sit back and, and you're trucking, and that that's what you're doing. And especially like the later game when there's like less story and more kind of like just like doing the missions. It's like, yeah, man, just trucking across America as Norman Reedus, right? Like, but that seemed kind of like very vibey, like you know, like it's not super high high intensity. Like there there are moments, but you know, stuff like yeah. That. I mean, I'm reminded of um, you know, there's a YouTuber CGP Gray who puts out you know videos. 
And the thing he does after his videos is he'll play like truck simulator, like American truck simulator, or like Euro truck simulator. And like, to me, that sounds ridiculous. But also, I think I kind of get it in the same sort of like vein. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I have to correct Don. Uh, this training isn't brought to you by Mountain Dew. It's brought to you by Monster Energy. Um, <laughs> um, which is possibly the only thing more bro-ish than Mountain Dew. Like, the, the, the stamina flask is canonically filled with Monster Energy. Like, and there's, like, Monster Energy cans in the game. It's, it is a ridiculous freaking game. Um, that is ridiculous. Um, Gamer fuel. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so so we've been playing so we've been playing Stardew Valley, including tonight, honestly. And now we're just like coordinating, you know, like coordinating schedules to be like, okay, well, when can we like go farming again, right? Um, which is which is pretty funny. I also plan on returning to some of the other games that I've played, you know, like I played or have been playing recently, uh, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I talked about. Love, you know, like I had a really good time with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I went pretty deep into that game before um, Shadowlands, yeah. Shadowlands, and then Shadowlands came out and it kind of like, you know, took over my life or whatever. I don't know. I mean, maybe my life. The the thing is, is that like I'm always looking for my ten chest in Mythics, and like to be like kind of going up the going up the ladder. And in a lot of ways, I'm sort of like, you know, uh, there are there are a couple of other people who are like breaking into like plus tens or whatever. Um, but you know, like in a lot of ways, I'm sort of like pioneering levels of Mythic content so that I can come with groups of people and say, okay, this is what we do for this poll. This is what we do for that poll, right? Um, and I do want to, like, keep doing that sort of, uh, keep, like, doing that sort of thing. Like, it's just, it's so addictive. Once I started pugging, it became really addictive. Like, I would just log on, and I would just get into the group finder, and I would just, like, start applying to groups. And I would, and you can only apply to five groups. So I apply to five groups, but then I, like, go do another thing. Like, I'm churning my options. Then you're getting, like, declined, or groups are filling up, or whatever, and then you just kind of keep going. I know that other people in the WoW community really hate that churn. They, 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 like, take it personally, but I just, like, I don't, I don't, I'll get a, I'll get a million, million times rejected, and just, I will not care about it at all. Um, and then I'll get picked up into, into groups and, uh, and then just like go. And it's like, it's only like 30 minutes, right? Like 30 minutes, 45 minutes sort of thing. It's just like a very like bite-sized chunk thing that I feel like I can do. Uh, like last week I did my 10 mythics in three days. Cause I did Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And by Thursday I was done with my 10 chest and I was done with my 10 chest because I was planning. I was like, I am burning out on wow. And I need to go lighter. So I'm going to get my 10 chest on Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to just not do that. I'm going to play other stuff. Um, and I was honestly playing, planning on playing, um, I was planning on playing Assassin's Creed, right? But then we ended up playing Stardew. Um, but uh, so, 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 yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that, right? Burnout happens after a large hit. Wow. It's what, it's what Don says in the chat, fail says in the chat. And I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. And at a certain point it'd be like, you gotta you you sort of have to like manage yourself and go into sort of like simmer low maintenance mode where you're just like logging on for, you know, small weekly things, raid. That's it. Ten hours, maybe a week. So, so this so I want to hop back to the the kind of like you know, Animal Crossing for Bros point for just a second because what you were talking about like you know scheduling things and like doing things that are kind of like, like it also almost sounds like something we. Like uh, maybe you didn't do it as much as that. But we were playing Crusader Kings a lot, especially when Crusader Kings three came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like the same kind of like you know everybody's kind of in the world together and you know it's obviously a different like context but it's like you know we don't really interact with each other as much but it's like you know hey, you want to help me go to war against against the christians or the muslims depending on who you're playing right it's like it's just like catching a summer octopus right it's going to yeah. starting a crusade um, yeah it is similar though there is like um there's obviously like a very co-op piece of stardew like we all share the same money pool mm. and we're like you know moving in and out of um you like moving in and out of so there's like a lot of like cross communication to it that like is you know who's doing what can you provide me this all, all of that kind of thing um which doesn't quite come out in the strategy games just because there's always that like pvp element right like yeah technically you're my enemy <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, we're, we're usually pretty good about it, it in crusader kings sure. but yeah 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 usually because we're like playing with like a duchies within the same kingdom or something um but yeah no i yeah absolutely um, but yeah, otherwise, otherwise this week, have I done anything interesting, uh, in terms of like television or n no, uh, uh, have, have you watched anything interesting this week? What have I watched that's interesting this week? I watched a documentary on crack cocaine on, uh, on, on Netflix. That's, that's spicy, I guess. Uh, which I'm always, you know, I mean, it was very, um, it was very like high level and political, in a way that I was almost a little disappointed by. I'm very fascinated by the, like, business and mechanics of, like, drug cartels and drug empires. In sort of the same way, it's, I think it's just, like, a, a naturally sort of, like, interesting thing. In the same way that, like, The Wire or Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul sort of present these things in, in such a way that you find them sort of, like, uh, like fascinating, right? Like, uh, this this was also why I watched, like, Narcos, right? Because, like, Narcos really broke down how Pablo Escobar's, you know, drug empire was strategically, like, set up and created. And I just, like, that's 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 fun. That's, like, interesting to watch. I also uh, have just been watching a bunch of YouTube videos, and uh, I finished off with action button reviews and I'm very depressed because it was so good and now I feel like empty inside. Though I will say uh, Patrick Higgs Williams came out with another uh, a video that was a real banger on the OC. Have you do, do you know that show? Is that the mm, what you say? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's the mm, what you say show. And he talks about how that show was actually like secretly really good and launched the Lonely Island's career but it did not launch the Lonely no, Island's career because of mm, what you say. It launched the Lonely Island's career because they made a fan web series called The Boo, which was a parody of the OC set in Malibu that got them noticed and picked up by SNL. Oh, really? They, they were definitely... Yeah. I don't know, because I, I, I never saw The Boo, but I definitely saw... Um, they had, like, a, a, a pilot. Was that, was that what they got, like, um, where Jack Black played, like, George Washington for, like, half a second? Um it was, I don't remember this. this was like, this was like, this was on Google videos. This is how old it was. This is like before, wow. before Google acquired YouTube. Um, Jeez. Um, I'll, I'll have to go dig it up and figure out what it was. But, but you know, history aside, that, that definitely sounds, sounds interesting. I, I, I might have to go check that out. Um, the thing I, I have been seeing, and uh, this, this might get a little spicy, but um, do you, uh, do you do you do you remember that that guy we used to talk about, Max Landis? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Max, and you keep telling me to watch his new videos, and I keep not doing yeah. it. Yeah, well, you know, he has he has made a return, and he's basically doing his pitch thing, but for his um, uh, agent of Batman, his his American alien saga, 
Um, that yeah. like he wrote, I think he he had like a run that was like the first, um, the first arc of it, and he's been talking about it in pitch form since then. It's 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 a lot of fun to watch, but he's like, you know, he's very good it's at what he does. Fan fiction, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's very good at what he does, right? Like you know, he he's very good at like doing like he was he was a pitch man, maybe still is, um, and he's very good at like pitching pitches. So I don't know. I find I find him captivating. Um, Regardless of the rest of the yeah, things, yeah, I was also I was thinking about this because I have been reading Ultimate Spider-Man recently, which is you know I, I talk about it all the time whenever we talk about like Marvel movies, right? Like the thing that got me into comics in the first place was Ultimate Spider-Man, and at the time I was just like sort of like engaging with it on its face. But it's interesting now reading it and having a much deeper, fuller understanding of like the comics and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all this stuff, and how there's just like an inherent level of fun of like remixing like narratively or like mm. in a story way and i imagine this is the same sort of thing that like he's doing on his channel with like agent of batman and all this other sort of stuff where it's like it's just like taking that familiar stuff and then like and, and just changing little bits of it and to make it like cool and like yes so like so for instance in the ultimate universe doc dr octopus um, he shows up in the third volume, and he has a big fight with fight Spider Man. Right? They have a big fight. He has the he has the tentacles. He has the arms. The next time he shows up, he has been detained by Shield, and Shield has surgically removed his like belt, his like tentacles or whatever. Right? Um, and uh, and then you find out that um, he can control the belt with his mind. Like, like across a certain amount of distance, right? Then the third time he shows up, he, uh, he's like, he is doing stuff and like the belt is doing stuff as like, but like the distance is effectively like infinite, right? The belt is in Virginia or whatever. He's in like Rikers Island and he's like commanding the belt to like break out of, you know, like break out of prison or whatever. And he's doing all these tricks with like, oh, he puts a guy, he knocks a guy out. He puts the guy in the belt and then he's like throwing cars with the belt or whatever while he's sneaking away like with Spider-Man or whatever. And it's just like stuff like that. It's just like, it's like cool, but that's like completely opposite to what like mainstream real Doc Ock looks like. Also a weird thing about him that I like a lot that is different. The mainstream Doc Ock has the tentacles coming out of his back. The, he has them coming out of, like, his stomach. And I, I don't know why, but for some reason, just, like, on an aesthetic level, I kind of prefer it. Hmm. Is, Ultimate is where, like, Doc Ock eventually, like, takes over Spider-Man's brain? That is, uh, no, that was in the main... That was oh, that's mainline? Spider-Man, yeah. The superior Spider-Man, where he, uh, like, takes over Spider-Man's brain, and when he, like, mind melts with Spider-Man... He lear He thinks Spider-Man is selfish, and like he's like, uh, you know, that he's like very self-interested. But when he sees how selfish Peter Parker really is, he decides to do it better. Which is why he calls himself the Superior Spider-Man because he's like he feels like challenged. He feels like simultaneously like inadequate, but like challenged to uh, be the better, like be the better Spider-Man. And then eventually, you know, Peter Parker's consciousness beats Doc Ock's consciousness. I, honestly, like, this is the kind of stuff that I think 99% of people say, that sounds fucking stupid. And I go, that sounds fucking sweet. And that's what comics is all about. Like, this kind of bullshit. <laughs> right now, DC is doing something called, like, Future State or Future Slate, where they're kind of, um, 
they're kind of like showing like a different future version of all these different of all these different characters and honestly like i mean i'm not reading any of these comics obviously uh but like the twitter for it has been really cool because you just get all these like oh aquaman and mira have have a daughter and the daughter has this contentious relationship with aqualad and all of this other sort of stuff you just like get to churn through a lot of like story with with this which is funny because it's kind of like different to what i um to what i had kind of talked about as a corollary in the in like the marvel cinematic universe where i felt like age of ultron and like the avengers kind of set this status quo and i just wanted to watch the status quo the status quo was good and like it was cool and i and i i resented it when they, when it got broken um and this is sort of the opposite this is me advocating for radical breaks in the status quo to see what crazy shit can happen but what are you gonna do yeah yeah <laughs> All right, you. We, we talked about this briefly before the body started. Did you did you want me to talk about about the GameStop? Oh yes, explain shorts? this GameStop thing to me. I want to know about this GameStop thing. All right, so for those of you at home, we're going to go into financial talk, and you know, just as disclosure, I'm not any sort of financial analyst or anything, but I do trade stocks on the stock market with some regularity, um, and I do read Wall Street bets, which is where a lot of this started. So, GameStop, you know what GameStop is, right? Sure. It's a store that sells games, store that sells games in physical locations in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and like up until recently did not do really anything to bolster its online presence. So uh, it's a publicly traded company and surprise, surprise, portents for the future were not great for it, right? Like it is, it, people did not think it was going to do well. Um, so uh, on the stock market, you can sell short, which means basically you sell shares that you don't have with a promise to buy them at some point um and it's 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 basically if you think the stock is going to go down it's good right because you if you sell it if you sell it at 40 and you buy it at 20 you've made 20 dollars right does this, does this make sense intuitively normally you do it the yeah. other way around you buy it at 20 and then when it goes to 40 you you, could, you sell it but there are mechanisms in place to let you sell it at high or you sell it while it's high and then later when it goes low you, you you buy it you buy it back essentially the danger with this is that um essentially you've got unlimited risk right like if you buy at 20 and it goes like the, it can only go to zero right so like you at most have lost however you know 20 times however many shares you buy um if you sell at 40 there's no ceiling right so if it goes to infinity if it goes to like say 150 dollars right like it did briefly for today right you you're like it can keep going up and you're you at some point you have to buy it at some point you know that your potential loss is is theoretically infinite anyway gamestop sees itself in a position where because people are so convinced that it's going to go down they have sold like there are there's more short position there are people who have sold um more shares than gamestop has right like there are like mm -hmm. um like the number of outstanding shares is like close to zero, maybe at some point has verged into negative. Somebody notices this, right? And somebody notices this and tells Reddit, essentially. Now, what 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 happens, what, what, what can happen is if something happens that like sets off uh, essentially a chain reaction is in order to get out of the position, right? Like, so you know how I said like, it's potentially an infinite, an, an infinite loss, right? Yeah. Let's say like you buy in at 40, and like it goes to 45 and it looks like it's going to keep going up 
if you're if you want to make sure you, you only lose your five instead of losing like you know like you're potentially like you know instead of losing 10 or 15 right you're going to sell you're going to buy then but that has enough that's gonna have an effect of driving up the cost more right especially as other people who are in the same position like okay i got to get out of this right and um with large institutional investors like not people like you or me right like like you know like big big banking companies this can cause this can like um uh have like a large effect on the market now this probably wasn't going to happen but wall street bets the two and a half million member subreddit has kind of enough collective power that it like can influence that there's also like a couple of large institutional investors who flipped but wall street bets was really pushing it right and then i think gamestop had a good quarter with the holidays right so they were talking about this when it was $11 back in November, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe two or three weeks ago, it like jumps to 35. And I thought that was it. I thought that was going to be like the, the, the real, the real short squeeze. Um, uh, it, like it's, it's called a squeeze because like the, the, where I, I don't know the exact etymology, but like, as you try and, um, Basically, are you squeezing people out of the short? That would make sense if you're. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, the graph would squeeze. Yeah, the graph, the graph, like it shoots up because people are trying to escape their short positions. Um, yeah, and so the thirty-five, the jump to thirty-five dollars happens. I thought that was going to be it. Like two days or last Friday, it jumps to seventy, and it's like, what the like, what the hell has happened, right? I was like, okay, this is definitely it. Right. And then this morning it jumps to 150 for a very brief period of time. Right. It's just like everybody exiting the market. And like there are several like um, there are several firms that have had like that are potentially going bankrupt off of this. One of which is named Melvin Capital, which is kind of hilarious today to me just because the name is Melvin. But <laughs> Wow. OK. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, you know, uh, I know Wall Street bets solely because I was in, in, um, in high school, I was in like a brief, like investors club where they give you a hundred thousand dollars of fake money and they tell you to invest it over the course of like a quarter or a semester and whoever makes the most money wins the prize. And you know, my, my dad is a financial advisor, right? Like, and he was like working at the time for UB, um, uh, UBS, the United Bank of Switzerland, right? Like a, a famously huge, you know, a huge bank or whatever. And I was like, oh, ho, ho, I'll just like tell my dad to win this for me, basically. And then I went to him and he was like, honestly, I never do that kind of like betting bullshit. It is always, it is super volatile and volatility is bad in the long run, right? In the long run, volatility hurts you more than it helps you. And the best way to invest is to, to find like simple, earnest, straightforward bets, which is like buying shit that nobody thinks, like hospital beds or whatever, you know, or whatever. Just yeah. like comp- small companies that you pay a guy like a financial advisor to figure out for you or whatever. Um, and so and so, I very quickly left the investing club. I also really, I like blew up my hundred grand in a, in a magnificent fashion because I was dumb. Um, and uh, and then way later, I, th- I saw the Hearthstone YouTuber Trump tweeting about, I think it might have actually just been two or three days ago. He was like tweeting about Wall Street bets. He was like, I never buy anything that ever shows up on Wall Street bets. Like, I think that's wrong, but it's like great popcorn fuel or something is like what he said. Um, so this is, this is funny though. It is also funny because it's very relatable to like, I, I'm in the position now in world of Warcraft where I have five of the eight 
legendary recipes for plate craftable at 235 which is the highest item level very few people on the server have have it and i've been navigating this market for the past like three or four weeks and i've churned about 4.5 million gold at this point where you know and like going out and coming in because like i'm buying a lot of i'm buying a lot of materials to craft a lot of these pieces to then hopefully like go and sell um but one of the problems is that the low level pieces sell for shit like they just sell really like terribly um and they are selling for i mean i have a spreadsheet for it hold on <laughs> i can't believe I'm, I'm about to reference this fucking spreadsheet i made the spreadsheet it has like it has like so what it does is um it's very simple but like it is more complex than you would do for something in World of Warcraft, where I have inputs for, you know, material costs, and I can just say, oh, Alethium is worth this right now, Shadow Gas yeah. is worth this, you know, or whatever, and then it'll just auto, you know, it'll auto tell me how much stuff is worth. So, for instance, the belt right now, if I were to go craft the belt, would be 6,440 gold, right? Raw materials to craft a 190 rank 1 belt, right? The rank one belt right now is going for 750 gold. And so what constantly happens is uh, is like the market bottoms out, right? Where, where people are just constantly undercutting one another and they're going cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. But then you have people like me who are willing to like wait around um, and then I can buy up a bunch of the, I haven't bought the 750 belts yet because I don't want to, but I can buy up those cheap belts and then relist them at 12K, 10K, whatever. Um, and get people buying there and it's just like all I need to do is sell like two or three belts and I'm like I'm like golden when it comes to when it comes to this stuff um, and that's a in a certain sense it's it's a lot I mean like, like this you is know, this is like stock market, I was right? gonna say this is literally like you know like watching it bottom out at the you know watching stocks bottom out at the beginning of the coronavirus and buying in then because it was because it was low and watching it rise back up like a, you know I did a fair amount of that and just just to comment to to, to Ragnarok right like uh, usually Wall Street bets is where you go when you want to plan to lose a lot of money really fast. Wall Street bets, <laughs> Wall Street bets has a has like a like, it's checkered, right? Like, I like you know like Tesla, I Tesla. So it's not Wall Street bets specifically, but Tesla has mm-hmm. become as valuable as I think a lot because of retail investors, right? Like people people, you know, investing in it because they think it's like a neat idea, basically. Um, some of it's like bad advice, and you know, you know the, the one of one of the expressions is, "Sir, this is a casino." Uh, that people, you know, when people like try hard at the stocks, um, but uh, it's I don't know. It's it's interesting to to watch it because like so, um, Palantir IPO'd earlier this year, and uh, mm-hmm. I bought into it because I I think it's fundamentally a sound company. This is not investment advice for people out there, uh, but uh, you know, I thought I thought it was uh, I thought it was. Uh, this is you describing your personal experiences? Yeah, um, um, but Palantir got memed by by uh, by Wall Street bets, and like. Like I, you know, it, it it went very well for me, frankly, um, and it like popped up a bunch. But then I saw it like becoming like super meme worthy. I'm like, oh, it's going to fall again, and it fell. It didn't fall all the way back down, but it like you know, you, I, I thought I thought that was what was happening with GameStop, right? Like the, the pattern was there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Palantir is popping up again now, so you know, uh, uh, Don, I I don't think this is the right time to enter into Palantir uh, for you know whatever my advice is worth, but uh, you know. Um, how are we becoming listen 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 this is invest in plate 
gauntlets don't invest in, you know? Tesla, you guys. Yeah. I mean, so, like, the, the, the classic advice... Also, don't invest in play gauntlets. I swear to God, Phelanor, if you become a competitor, I will destroy you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Honestly, I've made so much money. It's gauntlets, it's gauntlets and legs for me. I've made so much money off of those, too. I mean, for, for anybody at home who actually cares, the classic advice from uh, is invest in an ETF and just let it sit there. And you know what? I've got... I'll, I've I've got some personal money that's just in ETFs, which is what, you know, what I, it's, it's my safe money, right? Like, it's, you know, I will make stupid bets because I don't mind losing the money on like, you know, I can make silly, small, stupid bets, but you know, ETFs will grow or generally grow fairly reliably. Um, if you get a mm-hmm. decent one, again, don't, don't take, you know what, you know what the, the most important part of this, don't take financial advice from two video game nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is the, uh, to, to, to quote, my father, who again does this for a living, it is generally poor to invest yourself because you do not have the not like you alone don't have the knowledge. Like if you want to do it rec- recreationally, like fine. But in his perspective, the best way to invest in things is to hire someone to do it for you correctly. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the only advice that I can give about this stuff. Yeah, uh, but maybe that's just because he's trying to help his bottom line. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, so the 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 thing I like to, to like I like to say, uh, or, or like to remind people is, is there's this probably anachronistic story that like, you know, it's, uh, it's it's like Rockefeller is like going to like get his shoe shine, and the shoe shine boy tells him, uh, t- tells him you know what stocks to invest in, and the next week is when like the market crashes. So you know. Uh, like last week, last week on a different podcast, video game podcast I listened to, they started talking about the GameStop thing. And, you know, I'll make exceptions for things that are kind of in, like, you know, like the, the general news sphere of, of it. But, like, you know, when your video game podcast hosts are talking about the market, maybe we're in a bubble. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be careful out there. Uh, but uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we close this out? No, I'm good. All right. If you'd like to talk, if you'd like to email us about anything that we talked about this podcast about WoW PvE gearing, if you've got any hot stock tips, email us at podcast.subdrivesplaygames.com <laughs> or subdrivesplaygames at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on twitch.tv slash subdrivesplaygames where you can watch this go live. Uh, we've been enjoying talking with the uh, with, with the audience. Um, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud. If you feel so inclined, you can donate to us on Patreon. I think that's everything I have, buddy. You have anything else you want to promote? Uh, so last week we talked about Tavern Keeper, and then that Thursday Playmates Panic came out, which is the second of our prototypes. The third prototype, Brain Brain Frame, is what it's called. Drops on Thursday. Go play it. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, with that, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. <laughs>